Angus at Work, a podcast for the profit-minded cattlemen. Brought to you by the Angus Beef Bulletin, we have news and information on health, nutrition, marketing, genetics, and management. So let's get to work, shall we? Hello and welcome to Angus at Work. I am your host, Casey Brown. Today we are going to talk about the huge issue of BRD. But before we start that, I want to share a small personal story that helps my brain tie all of this together. So my son Jackson is five and he got to attend vacation Bible school for the first time this summer, um, thanks to COVID. They were the Knights of North Castle. He was fired up. He is so excited about everything he learned there. And one of the songs that we have been singing over and over and over since this summer um, is about the armor of God. And so I'm going to share a little bit with you here. Um, We've got the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the breastplate of justice, and the belt of truth, shoes of peace to go spread the good news. So I share this with you because it really um, solidified in my mind that there are lots of parts to the armor of God, just like there are lots of parts in the armor against BRD. And so we're not going to solve this massive issue in this 15-ish minute podcast, but uh, we are going to give you some more pieces of armor that you can use to help protect your calves from BRD. So I sat down with Dr. Ron Tesman with Elanco. I had this really great conversation with him. So let's dig in. Let's get to work, shall we? So, Ron, tell me your background with um, the beef industry. So, I grew up in Montana, uh, didn't grow up on a cattle ranch, but spent time working on cow ranches and uh, working for different cattle producers. Uh, Ended up going to vet school at Washington State University after um, attending undergraduate at Montana State. Decided that I wanted to work on cattle. Initially, my intent was to go back to Montana, but uh, kind of got sidetracked, did an internship and then a residency, um, uh, internship at K-State residency at MU, but all focusing on cattle. So, um, and then after that, then I joined uh, industry and have worked on developing cattle products and supporting cattle products. Uh, cows are my passion. You can ask my kids, what's, what's your dad's favorite animal? And I'll tell you every day of the week, it's a cow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, how old are your kids? Uh, so I've got uh, six kids ranging from 30 to 13. So uh, kind of a wide range. At home, we just have the two youngest daughters, 16 and 13. And then uh, one of the older daughters is back home uh, helping out and looking for a job. Just finished her master's degree. Oh, wow. Is she also interested in cattle? or? I don't think anybody is near as interested in cattle as I am. She, she, she uh, got her... Uh, master's in psychology so maybe to psychoanalyze me (laughs) you've always got good practice then right (laughs) that's right that's right we're going to talk about brd today you love cattle um tell me why brd is such a big issue well one of the things uh you know and you learn this you know in there and even in animal science classes and undergraduate cattle we're at a little bit of a disadvantage when we're talking about the respiratory tract from an anatomic physiologic uh just basis cattle's lungs are, are smaller physiologically they don't have all of the same uh, things potentially that we need to keep them as healthy as maybe some other species uh, won't go into those details you know they're pretty boring to the people that not, may not be as interested but 
Um, and so we, and the other thing we know is that we are optimizing our cattle and we're doing really great from an efficiency standpoint, creating more protein per animal. And so that's going to stress the weakest link, which, you know, on a cow is, is, is the lungs. Um, and and even if we weren't there, which I'm glad we are, uh, you know, we're still going to have problems with uh, respiratory disease. You know, we have that in all species. Cattle are just a little bit more prone to, to actually the bacterial pneumonia than some of the other species. So what we got to work for is how can we mitigate that, you know, uh, mitigate the severity of that disease when it does happen. And, and BRD is kind of tricky because it's not just one bacterial or viral strain that causes it, right? Can you That's right. Yeah, I always say it kind of as a joke a little bit because um, I trained vet students for several years. Uh, you know, when you graduate from vet school, you're an expert on BRD. You know the four bacterial pathogens, you know, Mannheimia, Pastorella, Histophilus, Mycoplasma. And then you'd know the four major viruses, right? You know, IBR, BVD, BRSV, and, and PI3. And, and so, and you know that it's stress. So you're an expert. But we still haven't really solved that, that puzzle. And, and that's a, a really important point that uh, I think is one of the things that at Elanco and, and, and the group that I'm in here at Elanco that, uh, that we really stress is uh, management over medicine, trying to understand each individual operation that we, that we work with and with the veterinarians that we work with to try and tailor make whatever sort of recommendations. Because I can make a broad recommendation and it's always going to be wrong, right. right? It's never going to fit everybody. And so that's one of the things that uh, I think is really important is to try and understand exactly what management practices may be leading to or mitigating and how we can work through that uh, kind of in a more systems type approach. Let's talk about some of those management things. Um, I know we need to set those calves up for success. What are some things that we can do to help those calves? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great place to start. But actually, we should start with the cow All right, the year before. Yes. And, and that's the thing that, you know, I think sometimes we forget, especially, you know, someone like me that spent a lot of time, you know, working specifically on the disease process. And I'm just focused on the disease, right? And so how do we treat it and that sort of thing. But we got to really look back to that cow because we want that cow in good condition. If that cow's in good condition, good nutrition, that calf's going to grow great in utero. It's going to have all of the good things that it needs to set up its immune response to, to respond. And then when it hits the ground, that cow hopefully will have great uh, immunoglobulins in its colostrum. So now we have a healthy calf. And then that healthy calf can go on and then and grow and respond. And so we got to focus on that cow, make sure we're providing her the appropriate nutrition, make sure we're vaccinating her appropriately and at the appropriate time so that she's in a good immune state to transfer those immunoglobulins to that colostrum. And then, and then you know, work through with that calf, make sure, you know, appropriate nutrition again in that calf's life and, and using vaccines at the appropriate time and and in the appropriate measure. You know, sometimes I think, uh, you know, vaccines are wonderful. I've, I've worked and actually helped develop a couple vaccines in my time at R&D, and, and and, but I think we can over-vaccinate sometimes, you know, and it's, and so we get into this thing, well, we got a problem this year, let's add another vaccine. We get in a problem next year, let's add another vaccine, when, when maybe sometimes we need to think about the management and really be 
really be judicious even in our vaccination so that we can get the most out of those things. And it's it's so easy to think, well, I've got a vaccine, it's a silver bullet, but That's it, right. it's not. That's uh, right. And, and without that calf and that good, healthy status, mm-hmm. right, that, that vaccine probably, they're not going to respond as well as they could to that vaccine. And I think I've heard before that vaccination does not equal immunization. That's Can right. Can you talk to that? That's right. That's right. So, you know, we develop these vaccines and, you know, whether it's a modified live, you know, viral vaccine, so we've modified it so it doesn't cause disease or a killed product or even a bacterial component, you know, type product. Um, the idea is, is that we're giving that, that animal an antigen. So, and we're relying on its immune system to recognize that as foreign, spool up, create antibodies, even some cellular immunity. T-cells going to get a little bit, you know, uh, technical with you, some killer T-cells so that we have those on board for those viral antigens and or viral pathogens, you know, with the responding to the antigens. That's one of the great things when we talk about the modified live viruses that we get that whole big response but now we got to have that calf in the the so not stressed hopefully mm-hmm. you know in a good nutritional plane good micronutrient plane so that they can respond to those that challenge because it really is a challenge and and one of the things that we forget i think a lot of times as producers even as veterinarians um there's a cost to that immune system response. And, and you can even look back in your old NRC, way back when, when they, and they look in your calculations, there, there is a cost there for the immune system. Now it's, it's kind of some hand-waving, but it's there. So we gotta be, be cognizant of that, make sure we have that animal in good nutritional play. That's good. Let's talk about that. Um, I've never heard it said as the immune system has a cost. And, and so you're meaning as in like it has to take nutrients to fuel the immune system, which means it's not growing with those. That's nutrients, right. Right. That's right. It's not. It's not free. And so, if we look at, you know, if we look at an animal that maybe is not on the greatest plane of nutrition, right? So it's it's growing, or or maybe maybe it, maybe we're talking about a cow that has a calf that's growing, right? So that so now we're trying to shunt that in, or maybe um, we've got a nursing calf on a cow. You know, so all of those things have a cost to them. You know, if we think about the big picture of taking energy in and where does that energy go? And so now if we're if we're on that, just that minimal plan of nutrition and we stick something else in there, we're not going to get as good of an immune response as we probably could have if they were in that really good uh, state of nutrition. So, so it's really important to think, you know, it's, you know, we, we talk about, you know, partial budgets and all that sort of stuff that, you know, I don't really, that's not my thing. I'm a veterinarian, not an economist, but, you know, we talk about that sort of thing. A lot of times we don't think about that immunology, you know, it's, you know, that immune response is on that negative side. Now, down the road, it's on the positive side, you know, but, but we've got to pay for that. Right. It kind of feels like an insurance policy. That's you right. don't want to have to file a claim, but you need it. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly right. That's a really good way to put it. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about um, what are some solutions, even even with the best management practices and vaccines. We know calves can still get sick. That's what right. Are some mitigation options once a calf is sick? So one of the things that uh, I think is most important is identifying as early as we can that the calf is sick 
and then trying to identify, okay, is this truly respiratory disease or is it something else? You know, is it a GI disease? Is it something like that that's actually making them breathe harder so it looks like a respiratory disease? And really, that's a lot of experience, right? You know, yeah. looking at those calves. It's, it's also, you know, being around people, you know, whether it's a veterinarian or, or you know, an animal health type professional, you know, whatever animal science teacher or something, so that you can get that idea, okay, this is this is what is going on. This is really the clinical signs that separate those sorts of things, you know. Oh, this calf has a fever. Maybe it has watery eyes and watery nose. So yeah, this one doesn't, it's breathing hard, so maybe that's actually a GI thing that's going on. And 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 learning that and and over time so that and trying to be there early. And then that allows our antibiotics, antimicrobials to work the best. If we can get in there early, we don't get into a chronic situation. And, um, you know, one of the things that I always say, you know, whenever I'm out on a feed yard or, uh, you know, on a cow-calf operation or a stalker operation, I'm like, I'm here today. You're here every day looking at these animals. You know them better than I do. Just make sure you use that knowledge and use that that eye to, to make sure that you're you're identifying those animals or trying to identify those animals as early as you can and and just work on trying to get better every day right I mean we can all all get better so and and part of that I would assume would be record keeping making sure that I mean it's it's the unglamorous part of the cattle business but we got to know what's happening and and be able to look back on things absolutely I mean you know there are a lot of uh, you know electronic type database record keeping and stuff like that and those are great um you know if that's something you want to use but even the old book you know that the 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 farmers and ranchers you know used to carry around in their pocket or stenographer notebook yeah whatever it takes uh but that's really important because you know especially if we get into an outbreak situation maybe we have one calf then we have two now we have six that may be a little bit different deal, right, that we're dealing with, and maybe that changes how we address that problem than if it's just the odd one animal that gets BRD because of whatever reason. And and, and so if we don't have those accurate records, you know, it's hard to communicate to the veterinarian or, uh, you know, what what is going on and, and what different uh, approaches maybe need to be taken. Gotcha. Um, where can our listeners go to learn more about um, resources that they need to stay ahead of BRD. One of the things that I really encourage uh, producers to do is interact with your local veterinarian, interact with your local extension agent. I mean, they're a tremendous resource, you know, out there, and, and sometimes they're not as well uh, utilized as they could be, and 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 they're going to be there to help you. And you know, your local universities, there's a lot of quality. Um, ag schools out there, you know, um, that, that can help too and that have a lot of resources available. I think that's a, a great way to wrap this up. But before we go, um, I always like to end our podcast with some good news because we all know the cattle business is really a people business, right? So can you share something with us that's been good, um, whether it's personal, professional, or both? Well, one of the one of the really fun things this year has been my my youngest son has had a chance to actually wrestle at the college level this year starting uh, for Drury University out of uh, Springfield and he's had quite a good season so far he's ranked 12th in the nation wow. and so we're looking for him to 
to get an opportunity to make it to nationals, hopefully. So pretty excited about that. Do you get to see him often? Or oh yeah, we, we try and make it to as many of the, the matches as we, as we can. We, a few weeks ago we drove all the way down to Oklahoma and uh, we live in Kansas City and drove all the way down to Oklahoma and turned around and drove back, you know. So And then, and then we went to Indianapolis here recently too and so we, we try and make everyone that we can. Yeah, well that's perfect. Um, so Dr. Tesman, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Um, really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us listeners to get more information to help make Angus work for you, check out the resources to our print Angus Beef Bulletin and digital Angus Beef Bulletin Extra in our show notes. And we want to hear from you. Let us know your ideas and comments at abbeditorial at angus.org. And be sure to rate this podcast or leave us a review to tell us what you learned or what was helpful. And share this episode with any other profit-minded cattlemen. As always, thanks for listening to Angus at Work.